You're gonna need a bigger boat. What a day! What a lovely day! I'm having an old friend for dinner. You are a toy! She wouldn't even have a fly. You can't handle the truth! I'll be back. English motherfucker, do you speak it? Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. And welcome back to the first blind spot bonus of 2020. I think it is at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yes. Today, we realize it's January. January holds a very special time or a very special significance in the movie industry. That is where the movies that the studios think aren't going to do well or the studios don't want to do well go to die. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> this is when Texas Chainsaw 3D came out. It was like the first weekend in January a few years ago. Oh my goodness. Man, not a good movie. Yeah. So I'm Adam. And I'm Josh. And today we are going to take you through our top five favorite bad movies. But before we get there, Adam, mm-hmm. I have a special surprise because this is your birthday month. Oh, and I got you something that has come up on the podcast multiple times. Oh. Which is why I decided to do it on here. Oh, boy. I have no idea what to expect here. Oh, my God. No way. I got to see this. Oh, my gosh. It is a 125th scale model kit of my favorite demonically possessed car, Christine. <laughs> You have mentioned Christine multiple Quite times. Quite a few times, yes. So I, I figured, well, let me... I saw that one day, and I was like, holy shit, it's perfect. Oh my gosh, I can't remember the last time I put together a model. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Thank well, you, was probably man. when I watched Weird Science, so... What? That was the last, last time I put together a model was watching Weird Science. Oh, really? Where they put together a model girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. I wasn't expecting that. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I figured you'd enjoy that one. I was like, Christine? Definitely would. Perfect. That's that's awesome. So, now for our top five. I mean, I guess you could say that one was, well, I mean, that one was one of John Carpenter's less successful movies. I'm, I haven't looked to see what's on, what is on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I haven't while, either. But not his most famous movie. But anyways, starting with our top five favorite bad movie, my Number five, I'm going to go with a movie from 2000, directed by Tarsum Singh, with a critic score of 45% and an audience score of 57%. I'm going with The Cell, starring Jennifer Lopez and Vincent D'Onofrio. I, I, I remembered seeing the posters for this one, like a blockbuster, but never and had no idea what it was about, no reason to watch it, until just a few years ago. Um, Jonathan, my good friend Jonathan, told me, he's like, dude, I, I went and revisited this movie. It was one of those movies I watched when I was a teenager. Just like, oh, yeah, I watch R-rated movies. But going back and watching this one, he, he just loved it. He actually gifted it to me on iTunes, I think. And I got to say, for the year 2000, the visuals in this movie are pretty amazing. I think I need to revisit because I think, like your friend, I saw it as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I understood what I was really watching. Uh-huh. I couldn't get into it. Yeah. So I pro- it probably is due for a revisit because I, I just think of it as eh. But like like him, I saw it at probably 15, 16 mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. Probably didn't know what the hell was going on. Vincent D'Onofrio is terrifying in this movie. He plays a serial killer. That's not what I expect from Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> but he is 
terrifying in this movie. And yeah, the visuals... It's, it's it's like an earlier version of Inception and more trippy because it's like like Jennifer Lopez can like travel into the psyches of um, coma patients, basically. And this and Vincent D'Onofrio plays a serial killer who has one last victim and they're trying to find out where she is before she's dead, basically. And it is intense. So that is my number five, The Cell. So for my number five, I'm going back to the year 1987. Ooh. This is a sequel to an actually popular movie. I'm talking about Teen Wolf 2. Oh, I didn't know Teen Wolf had a sequel. Yeah, Teen Wolf 2. This is the first movie Jason Bateman was ever in. Okay, now I want to see it. So so (laughs) I think at the time, Jason Bateman reminded me of my older brother because he's 10 years older than me. Uh Uh-huh. So I think I latched onto him for that reason. Oh, really? And I pretty much have... I'll, I'll watch anything with Jason Bateman. And I love this movie more than the first Teen Wolf because Teen Wolf was about basketball, and I'm like, okay, basketball is whatever. But Teen Wolf 2 is about boxing. Oh. And I like fighting. So mm-hmm. I tend to blood gravitate towards w- that. Blood sport with werewolves, huh? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, I mean, it, it's Rotten Tomato at 7%. The audience is only at seventeen percent. Uh-huh. This movie had a budget of three million and made it made seven point nine, but they were hoping it was gonna do better because they were actually plans to do a third one with a female werewolf. Oh. I would have liked to seen what that would have been. Hmm. That would have been interesting. But because of that, it was it didn't happen. It's directed by a guy named Christopher Leach. Lich L E I T C H. I don't know. I don't know what else he's done. Hmm. I don't know that name either. Yeah. Interesting. So moving on to my number four, I have a movie from 2017, directed by Rupert Sanders with a critic score of 44% and an audience score of 51%. I'm going with the highly controversial Ghost in the Shell remake, the live action version. Now, I am a fan of the original anime movie, and I'm also a fan of this movie. In my opinion, this movie did a great job of at least, you know, having some fun little Easter eggs of the original, you know, scenes that were just like they were in the original. But to me, the story was a lot more comprehensive. Ghost in the Shell is one of those anime movies that you understand it to a point, and then at the, by the end of it, you're going, what the fuck is happening? I have no idea what's going on. But um, a lot of people hate it on this movie because, oh, they say white, uh, um, um, Scarlett Johansson was whitewashing. It's like, okay, how many really good... Asian American actors are there who could play, who could, who could do a role like this. I, I have a hard time thinking of any, I mean, besides like, I don't know, Lucy Liu, but I don't know. Maybe one of the people from crazy rich Asians. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. yeah. Maybe, maybe what, what, what's her name? Aquafina, I think. Um, possibly. I don't know. But, um, I just think for what this movie was, it was really good. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to notice this more and more, especially with, you know, the recent release of star Wars, the uh, the Rise of Skywalker is fans can fuck up anything. They can just ruin a movie because it doesn't fit what they want it to be. Like, well, you didn't make the movie, so of course it's not going to be what you want it to be. <laughs> it's like all the you know the fans. I think the fans ruin Star Wars more than George Lucas or or anybody else has. So, sorry for that little rant there, but um, yeah, okay. <laughs> My number four, Ghost in the Shell from 2017. My number four is from 1991. This is the this is a future episode coming, by the way. This is written, directed, produced, and stars Dan Aykroyd. 
Yes, this oh. is nothing but trouble. Okay. This was the first and only time he ever directed a movie. Really? Yes. This movie somehow had a $40 million budget and only made $8.5 million. Damn. So it, it, uh, it, people do not like it. It's got a lowly 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. 5%? Oh my god. Up to a 46% by the audience, but okay. still not good. It's still not good. You get Chevy Chase. You get John Candy in two roles as well. Because uh-huh. Dan Aykroyd plays two roles in the movie, not just the judge. Oh. You'll see that later. Demi Moore. Kane Hodder, who played Jason, does stunts on this movie. And really? actually doubles one of the characters. Short. I didn't know that. I've heard him talk about it. I'd have to actually go back and watch to see if I, I can point that out. <laughs> but yeah. So that would be my number four, Nothing But Trouble. I'm looking forward to that one. I've, I've seen just one clip of it on YouTube, and that was the... Uh, the Bone Stripper, I think. That was like a random crew member's idea, though. Like, crew members were just throwing out ideas to Aykroyd since he, he wasn't really a true director. Uh-huh. And he was just putting them in, and they went over budget, and the Bone Stripper was one of them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that that was a pretty crazy one. All right. My number three. You know me. There's got to be something animated on just about everything I do. Every top five list I've ever done. This is a movie from 2011, directed by John Lasseter and Brad Lewis. With a critic score of 39% and an audience score of 49%, this is Cars 2. I feel like I'm the only person in the world who enjoyed this movie. Maybe it's because, to me, it's like a little Tykes James Bond movie almost. Like, because, you know, it's, it's all about spies and stuff. And, you, and you've, got, uh, you've got Michael Caine voicing a car that looks very much like the Aston Martin DB5 that James Bond drove. And it's, it's, I thought it was funny. Plus, you know, there's a there's a big scene that takes place in Tokyo, and I love you know, I love Japan, and I lived there for for a while, and anything that anything that has Japanese stuff in it, I love that. But I thought it was funny. I thought it was really funny. And but yeah, everybody. I, I think I've talked to one person who enjoyed this movie. I mean, did you say even your your son was like dozing off or like yeah, like bored? they they seem kind of bored with this movie. I think, I admit, I think too much Mater I, is maybe not a good thing. Yeah, I admit Mater is a much better second banana than he is a leading role. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I liked all the Cars movies, all three of them, and including this. This is probably my least favorite of the trilogy, but I still thought it was pretty good. So yeah, my number three is Cars two. But my number three, we're going back to nineteen eighty eight. This is a movie that you could, I guess you could probably say maybe ripped off E.T. or some of those. This is Mac and Me. Okay, I've never seen Mac yeah. and Me. So it's directed by Stuart Raffle, who uh-huh. the only other thing I saw that he's done is Tammy and the T-Rex, which is going to be a future episode. episode yes. Uh, this movie, I didn't even have a critic score. Mm-hmm. Audience is at 38%. Uh, it had a budget of $13 million. Only made about six million back. Even with all that McDonald's advertising, I was like, and that's probably both of it. It's like not only McDonald's but Coke plays a oh, big. Coke. You got I know the big like McDonald's a, scene and uh, the aliens in there love Coke. Oh really? That, that is like what is the equivalent to their water on their planet. I think is what it is. Wow. Yeah. It's a nation of di- a planet of diabetic aliens. This movie also features the film debut of Jennifer Aniston. She's just like a girl sitting on a curb somewhere. No way. Yes. <laughs> Okay, see, I always think of her first movie as Leprechaun. Uh, I think that's her first leading role, leading but role. yes. Okay. Wow, that is crazy. I that, Yeah, I may have to break down and watch that one eventually. <laughs> <laughs> see, you're kind of going all over the place as far as deck. I'm guessing you saw Mac and Me when you were a kid. Yep. Okay, see, I never saw that one. Because um, most of my movies are within the last... 
20 years, except for my number one. I think 1991 is the latest I have. Really? Wow. With that Nothing But Trouble is 91, I think. Okay. Well, I was kind of going through my own personal collection of movies that you know I have and looking at it. So my number two is from 2016, directed by David Ayer, with a 27% from the critics and a 50, 59% from the audience. This is Suicide Squad. And I'm going to go specifically with the um, extended edition because there were some really great scenes they added in there that added a bit more to the story. I still hate Jared Leto's Joker. I'm sorry, he was the worst part of the movie, but fortunately he wasn't in there very much. But um, I think for the big screen debut of Harley Quinn, I think um, Margot Robbie did a great job. I loved her, I loved her Harley Quinn. Um, yeah, I thought it was just a fun movie. And um, I, I don't, I mean, of course... I don't know if is the the what is it the next one the Birds of Prey or the Awesome Emancipation of Harley Quinn whatever it's supposed to be called is it's that a, supposed to be a sequel? I don't know if it's a sequel or if it's, it's a like spinoff. A, I, I, I'm guessing it's a spinoff. That's of Harley what I Quinn. think. So. I don't know if they're going to like origin story territory. If they're going afterwards. Well, they've kind of already talked about her origin story because they showed the scene. And if you watch the um, the extended edition, you see her as a psychiatrist start to fall for the Joker. Right. Um, so, okay. We'll see. I, I don't honestly. I've I've seen the trailers for that movie. Honestly, I have no idea if it's going to be any good or not. We'll see. My number two. Once again, going back, nineteen nineties movie. I've talked to you about plenty of times. I haven't gotten you to watch it yet. Troll two. Oh god. I've I've seen the. They're eating her, and then they're gonna eat me. Oh my god. <laughs> I've seen that part plenty of times. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's like one of the biggest memes on the internet. I mean, this is, I mean, the, the guy who played the kid, of course, his, in the movie, his name's Joshua, so I kind of <laughs> gravitated to that, I guess. Uh, I just, I, if I hadn't seen it as a kid, obviously I wouldn't like this movie. Mm-hmm. It's funny that there's troll too, because there's not a single troll in the movie. Right. He literally grew up and made a documentary called Best Worst Movie, because there for a while this was considered the best worst movie of all time. <laughs> so, where they traveled around to conventions doing stuff, it's... All around, it's awesome. I love Troll 2. That's great. That is great. Now, for our number ones, I say our number ones because I believe we both have the same number one, just like we both had the same number four in our top five. (laughs) Our number one comes from 1986, directed by Willard Hyuk, Hyuk, H-Y-U-C-K, I don't know, with a 15% from the critics and a 38% from the audience. This is... Three, two, one. Howard, Howard the, the Duck. Duck. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about movies that you have a connection with when you were a kid? When I was a kid, like like two years old, maybe I had my hair was so blonde it was almost white, and my my eyes were really really blue. So there were these two girls I knew, we were friends of the family. They said I looked like Howard the Duck because he has white white feathers and blue eyes and i didn't see this movie until i was in like third grade or something but i just thought it was the coolest thing ever now going back and watching i've watched it within the last couple years probably and yes there are some (laughs) there are some unbelievable parts to this movie and some unbelievable things but the duck in the bathtub the duck in the bathtub yeah thompson with howard 
Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, I actually got to meet Leah Thompson at uh, Atlanta Comic Con 2018, and I was standing. She she had must have gone to like go on a, go on a break or something, because when I got back from a, a, a panel I was in, there was like no, it was like one person standing in line for her. I came back I was like, is she gonna be back? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, awesome, sweet. So I'm standing there. I actually took the the paper out of the the Howard the Duck Blu-ray I have, and was kind of keeping it to where she couldn't see what it was. So then when I got up to her, I said, I'm sure you're tired of signing Back to the Future stuff by now. And then I flipped it over and she saw Howard the Duck. She was just like, yes, yes. And then she showed me a picture that she took of some guy with an unreal Howard the Duck cosplay. It was incredible. Oh, I, was like, awesome. I was like, I'm glad I'm not the only one who's here for Howard the Duck. That is awesome. <laughs> when did you first see it? I was probably four. Wow. I, was, I, I saw it probably just a few years after it came out. Like... When I was a kid, between that age of four and five, I had certain movies on rotation, and Howard the Duck, E.T., uh-huh. Wizard of Oz, Harry and the Hendersons, <laughs> and probably one I should have looked up, because I don't know what the rating is, but Willow. Willow might have fit in this bill, actually. Really? I've always thought Willow was like a classic. I think of it as that, but I don't think it's considered that. Really? I'm not actually positive about that, but for some reason, I don't think it is. Hold up. But we yeah. must consult the Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, right? <laughs> Willow. Well, it's got a 50 from the critics, but a 79 from oh, the okay. audience. So, okay, yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's a beloved movie. I've always known that. Okay, good. I'm glad to know that. Because I, I, <laughs> I love Willow. That was definitely one of my five in rotation. I'm not up. sure. Like, there are other movies like I had in rotation. One of them was an animated film called Little Nemo, not Finding Nemo, Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland. I've never, I've never actually looked this one up on Rotten Tomatoes to see if it even has a score. Um, but that's one that I love. And yeah, this just because the critics and the audience doesn't like it doesn't mean we won't. <laughs> I mean, movies like um, Man on Fire with Denzel Washington. That one's got a terrible, ser- a terrible score from the critics, but a good score from the audience. So, okay, it's always fun finding movies that are just so terrible, but they're so much fun to watch. We're going to be talking about some of those in the coming weeks. He's yeah. already, we already know what Josh's two are going to be, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure we know what my two are going to be too. So look forward to those coming soon. But until next time, I'm Adam. And I'm Josh. And whether you're in your car or in your theater, always check your blind spots. You guys take care. We'll see you next time.